0: Was trying to cross the street when I tripped and spilled my coffee on a man who yelled at me then he walked off in a hurry now he's gonna be late for work so we called his secretary said to cancel his appointment with the guy in the lobby who's been waiting for a while I'm talking
1: welcome to another episode of Mrs. Motivation with me your host Chrissy Clemente. Today I am so excited to have with me my spirit junkie friend Becca White. Welcome to the show.
0: Hey (laughs) thanks for having me.
1: Thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited for everyone to hear your story. A little bit about how Becca and I met. I was participating in a spirit junkie masterclass with Gabby Bernstein and while we were in class there was at least a 100 amazing women that we all got to interact with and meet, and Becca was one of them, and we really connected, and we have stayed connected after class, and we follow each other on Instagram. She's a big inspiration and very motivational, and I'm so excited to have her share her story with us today. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Becca.
0: Well, um, right now, I really like to identify with being a mother. I have two kids i have a son who is almost 4 and a daughter who is almost 2 and the reason that i say that is because for a long time it took me it took me a minute to just step into the motherhood part which you know we'll talk about that in a little bit but i'm an entrepreneur i have two businesses i've been self employed for about 7 years now and a lot has changed over over the past few years but really as far as just kind of letting you guys know what all I'm into now. I have two really different businesses. I've been super dedicated to my spiritual journey. Of course, as you know, you know, we met at Spirit Junkie, but really I'm just trying to right now help other people get into their purpose and, and, you know, do what they also were put here to do. That sounds really great.
1: It sounds like you're doing a lot at once.
0: Yes, which is why it's kind of hard sometimes for me to answer that question.
1: (laughs) That's okay. You know, it's so funny. The tell me a little about yourself. It can be defined in so many different ways that sometimes people have a hard time grasping like what the concise version of that is because it could be expanded in so many different ways.
0: I think that's exactly, you hit the nail on the head because that's how I feel right now trying to just put everything into one tiny sentence or or something like that.
1: Yeah. You don't want to box yourself in. You are many things.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: We'll start from the beginning then. So what did you end up going to school for? What was your dream growing up?
0: Growing up, I really always, it's kind of weird. I never really told anybody this, but I, Always really wanted to be a philosopher. Does that sound so funny? Um, And I never even really knew what a philosopher was, but I just knew that these people that I would see on TV that identified themselves as philosophers were always just like so confident and so into whatever it was they were talking about. On the more realistic side, you know, I had no idea what I was going to do, but I ended up actually going to college and getting a business degree. Um, a lot of people, my age, you know, we, we even kind of say now it's like business degrees are a dime a dozen because I feel like a lot of people were just shuffled in that direction if they were like me and maybe didn't know what they actually wanted to do. So yeah, I ended up going to, going to school and, and getting a business degree from Penn State. So where, where did that lead you after school? With just a few weeks left in school, I actually met my now husband and he and I both were just kind of like, you know, super open to whatever happened. Not really, no, not any kind of plan. I mean, I was never that person that knew when I was eight that I wanted to be this thing or whatever. So I was just very open to wherever I was going to be pointed. And fortunately I ended up, through a weird series of events, meeting somebody who um, wanted to hire me for a safety consulting firm, which I had never heard of this occupation in my life, and it turned out that, um, that this company was a pretty well-established company in the oil and gas industry, and like I said, by a weird string of events, I ended up, I ended up working for them after school. So, um, not really, I guess what I would have ever anticipated, but they hired me, took a chance on me. I thought that I was going to show up and be doing like paperwork and Excel workbooks and all this stuff that you practice for your four years of business school. And they ended up sending me to West Texas for a little while (laughs) to get some literally like boots on the ground training. And I came back with certifications and experience that... Um, actually led me to being a safety instructor and consultant myself. So what does that entail, being a safety instructor? Every employer is required by, whether it's OSHA or all of these different other agencies, basically, to provide their employees with a safe and healthy work environment. And a lot of that requires certain kinds of training. So whether you... Need a first aid class, or you need to learn how to operate a forklift, or especially in the oil and gas industry, there are many really, really specific trainings. Um, I can now assist with that. And even with the whole management program, you know, there are a lot of documents and a lot of regulations that um, need to be met basically. So I can help with that. Do you like doing that job? Is that something
1: that you enjoy?
0: You know what, it's funny, because um, I actually considered hanging up this hat. But no, I I do enjoy it. And I'm really good at it. And going into my seventh year, like the hard work is, is already done. You know, so for some people who may be catching this, (laughs) this episode who know me in my what I call my different life, you know, a lot of people either know me as you know, Becca in safety training and consulting or, you know, this other Becca that I've been, you know, my more passion project Becca. So um, I think it's kind of sometimes uncomfortable for me to be like acknowledging that these are both parts of me. But yeah, I absolutely do enjoy it. And I think that there's a common thread b- between you know both ends of my work. And it is just being a, like a conduit for teaching and bringing this information to light in a different way, right. if that so makes sense. It does. So it's almost like you can take some of the skills that you've
1: learned through your safety training and apply them into your now coaching business, which is yeah. something that I want to get into. So yeah. Tell me a little bit about how you've transitioned into now creating a second
0: career for yourself. It was on accident to say the least I'll, I'll, I'll start by saying that, but just a little backstory. you know I mentioned that I have two kids, and whenever I was pregnant with my first and, and then you know even after we had our our second, I just was finding myself like uneasy and unhappy with my current situation and with what I had going on. Um at the time, even though I was self-employed, I was also working full time by choice for a company that I really, really liked. But you know, when you throw a couple babies into the mix, it's just impossible to work. I I was working like 60 to 80 hour work weeks. And and I'm not complaining because I enjoyed every minute of it, but it's just you can't do that anymore (laughs) when you're seven months pregnant, eight months pregnant. It just your your priorities change. So Um, I started to notice that whenever I did decide to leave that job, that there was a lot of stuff that I was going through and a a lot of feelings were coming up and a lot of questions were coming up around how I was spending the time in my life and what transforming into motherhood really looked like and and how it was going to affect everything else. So um, I know this is a kind of a long-winded answer, but I really never chose to do this. And this is when I really found out and really came to terms with the fact that we were all put here with some kind of divine gift that, in some way, shape, or form, will come through when we least expect it. And that's kind of what happened for me. So, really, what I started to find were the people that are in my circle, you know, local women or people who are in my circle online started sending me messages and asking me questions about how I'm doing everything that I'm doing with a couple of kids and a couple of businesses and, and how I could help them. Or if I had any tips or advice for how they could start their own business or how they could get through what we call the postpartum period, um, in a, in a better or alternative way without, without suffering. I hate even using that word, but it it happens to a lot of, of women. And um, really just being available and being a resource to support women through this, what I refer to as this sacred transformation into motherhood and kind of harnessing the energy that we get through this time to, to come out on the other side as a better, like higher version of ourself. Right. So, If that makes sense. Okay. <laughs>
1: It does make a lot of sense. It's almost like you had this experience while you were having your children and you went through, it sounds like a lot of anxiety and depression, you know, postpartum, and you decided to use the skills that you learned to get through that to help other women.
0: Exactly. And really now, what my work, what I'm dedicating my work to this year is completely reframing the way that we even look at postpartum anxiety and depression and really just taking note of the things that are happening even before we get pregnant you know and how those kinds of things that are unhealed or those traumas that we've faced throughout our entire life really how they they kind of resurface as we're going through our pregnancies as we're having our children and then as we're raising our children you know things every single day come up for me that you know memories that I haven't thought about in years, or circumstances that I haven't thought about. But I hear, you know, one conversation or one thing comes up, and it it can trigger me back to something that I had just kind of ignored or avoided. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So, yeah, like so really, just pressed. and now
1: all of yes. a sudden you get triggered by just one little event or just a, whatever something or or maybe something that someone has said and all of a sudden it brings you back into that moment and you didn't even know how much you had suppressed
0: that feeling or thought. Exactly. Exactly. So my take on postpartum depression and anxiety now after talking with so many different women and and collecting these, these stories and experiences is that we kind of, and this is going to be hard for me to say and hard for some people to hear until I really step into this. But I really don't believe that it needs to exist. I really don't believe that we need to experience it. And I think that many of us choose to be there similar to other forms of anxiety and depression. I feel like if women have the support that they need through this entire process, that there really is no reason for it and that, Typically, in my experience and in my interviews with these women, it's hardly ever anything new that comes to surface after the baby's born. It's almost always things that are that are resurfacing that were never kind of like handled or looked at prior to getting pregnant. Right.
1: So tell me a little bit about your experience with
0: postpartum depression. So for me, I noticed that after we had our first baby, I I probably looking back experience some form of this, but, you know, I was so like caught up in the novelty of the new baby and things just seemed to fly by that it was almost like I didn't even have any time to experience much of anything, which isn't good either. Right. But after our daughter was born, I really noticed a shift in my energy. I really noticed a shift in my feelings, my emotions, I was just, I felt like I was spiraling out of control. So between, I had a lot of really high functioning anxiety. There were times where I would slip into a a few days of sadness. Um, But I really can't identify with the word depression. Anxiety, on the other hand, (laughs) oh my gosh, if you would have, met me, well, I mean, you did meet me at my, you know, the time, a pivotal time in my life. But if you would have met me like the last August or something, it was just like, I had so many irons in the fire. I was trying to do so many things to cope with what I was feeling. I was trying to keep myself so busy that I wouldn't feel what I was feeling. But I would lock myself in, which is like a common theme in motherhood, but I would lock myself in the bathroom and cry at the bottom of the shower and lash out at my husband and kids. And, you know, it was like, I became very antisocial, but looking, looking at this now, right. Because I, I want to give a, a new, I want to shed new light on it for people who may be experiencing it or maybe nervous about what's to come. If you are expecting what I see in myself now, what actually was going on was when you are pregnant and when you have your baby, you are vibrating at such a high energy. And if energy work is new to you, this might sound completely crazy, but this is what I know to be true. You are vibrating at such a high energy that when you have your baby and you are you're basically reintegrating back into society so, You know, very similar to what we would experience coming back from spirit junkie, or if you're like at this high vibe retreat for the weekend or something like that, it's kind of clunky. Like coming back in, I almost just imagine like, you know, landing in an airplane. You know, it's kind of like, okay, like we're we're hitting ground again. We have to like reintegrate into this life, and for a lot of pregnant women, and this is absolutely what I experienced. When I was landing again, I got to see around me very clearly. Like I was able to take a good look at my life and realize that there were certain parts of my life that I actually wasn't happy in. So me experiencing whatever it was, anxiety, depression, whatever you want to call it, was actually my body indicating to me that I needed to remove myself from whatever it was. So I think a lot of people think that postpartum anxiety and depression are just like women going crazy because of hormones and, and hormones have a lot to do with it. Don't get me wrong. But I think that there's a more spiritual component that we are completely overlooking. And it's that for once in our lives, we're at this, we're literally like shot up to a different dimension and come back down to this life that we're like, what the hell are we doing? And things seem so much more clear, priorities seem so much more vivid. And for me, at least, I was like scrambling to reorganize everything that I thought I I wanted. I was scrambling to remove things from my life and change this and change that. And things that I'd been settling with, I was just like, not anymore. Like, this is changing. And for people in my close circle, they thought that or may have thought that that was me going off the deep end and saying like, I'm not dealing with this anymore, like, or I'm not dealing with this or we need to make this change or I'm making this change. So when somebody just all of a sudden, like starts doing all of these things and taking all of this action, a lot of people think that they're just nuts for a minute. <laughs> and, and whether that's like, whether or not you have any kind of depression or anxiety, it's like when someone very clearly says, I want this and I don't want that, So we sometimes look at those people like, well, who are you to say this? Or she's just crazy because she just had a baby, (laughs) you know, or just give her whatever she wants because she's hormonal. When in fact it's like, no, I just very clearly understand now that I don't want to be here anymore or I no longer need to be around these people in my life. And, and if I am my body signals to me so strongly that it overwhelms me to the point that the only way I can release is to cry in the bottom of my shower, you know? So you see how that kind of like circles back around. Um, Now I know how to handle that. Now I know how to harness that energy. Now I know how to say no, or, you know, I know how to, I'm very firm in my belief and standing in my ground and just, I'm a lot more confident in my, my body and in my choices.
1: You know, I haven't had children yet, but it sounds like an experience that most women do have. And it's very tough for them to navigate through, especially alone. I know that, you know, once you have a child, there's a community of mothers that will help you. But not everybody has the answers. You know, it's just more a community. Well, from what I've seen... It's more of like, okay, this was your experience. Well, this is also my experience and not so much of a, how do you help me get out of it? It's more of like, it's okay. I can relate to you. It happens to everyone. But it sounds like you've now taken this experience that you've had and now you're creating a job for yourself in which you can actually help women not only get out of it, but to create like a, to heal from it you know, and to continue healing in a very positive direction.
0: I'm really so glad you're saying that because it means that my message is coming through because sometimes it can be a lot to digest and and a lot to explain. But that is the point. You know, I want people to see this as I, I would like to remove the term postpartum from the vocabulary. Like after you have a baby, you are forever postpartum. It's not a period that you need to hurdle over. It's not a cycle that you need to push through. It is for the rest of your life. Like you will be postpartum for the rest of your life. So why would we not use that beautiful moment, that sacred moment to transform you into this higher version of yourself, this heightened version of you? Because realistically, you know, there's a quote out there that says when the baby is born, the mother is also born, you know, the, the woman existed, but the mother never, the mother is something absolutely new. I'm kind of paraphrasing there, but it's so true. Like we're doing such a disservice to to women who are expected to carry a baby for nine months while working, you know, have a baby, go back to work in two weeks. Sometimes, you know, if you, I, I don't even want to get into like the de- the details of it, but a lot of people don't have insurance. A lot of people have to return to work immediately. This is why we're having increased rates of what we're calling postpartum anxiety and depression and decreased rates and things like, you know, um, just infant health overall and ability or, or really support around breastfeeding. A lot of people aren't breastfeeding because they're not getting the support or being told that their bodies aren't good enough. There is just a huge gap that needs to be filled, in my opinion, on a spiritual level in the birthing community, because you're right. We all, you know, there are mothers out there that we can talk to and vent our problems to, but there aren't many support systems out there outside of the hospitals. And while Western medicine has a time and place, I don't think that we're doing the absolute best that we can to mother the mother through this experience we're kind of leaving mothers in the dust and if she's okay on a physical level at her six-week appointment you know postpartum appointment then chances are you never really see your doctor again but that that's when we need to be really available for one another and, and working through the mental emotional and spiritual parts of this too. And it can be, it can be so beautiful if we let it, and it can be so beautiful if we have the support, but a lot of us, honestly, like a lot of us just don't. I have a partner in this, her name's Kate Miyenko, and she and I are developing the spiritual childbirth education course. So it's going to be based off of the Lamaz fundamentals and Lamaz has done a lot in the past few years, I'll say to really, Modernize their approach, and I am obsessed with everything that they're doing and saying. So I became a Lamaze certified um, childbirth educator, and Kate is a a doula, postpartum doula, birth doula. She has a, a lot of experience with breastfeeding and things like that. But beyond the credentials, we are just two very concerned mothers <laughs> who want to put together a resource that women can access from anywhere. So we're really working on getting this done so that we can start sharing it with people in March. And, you know, we want to have these local classes. We want to have digital classes so people can pop in and join us, but it's going to talk about all of this stuff because the large majority of people out there, you know, when we're going to a hospital birth class and I've attended them myself, um, multiple hospitals in our local area, you know, I don't want to learn hospital policy. I really could care less what's like actually happening on a, anatomical level with my body. And that might sound ignorant, but I would rather know in layman's terms, like what to expect, where should I expect to need support and how can I get the support? What's it going to feel like? What are other women saying? You know, how can I get through this on the strong end? You know, how can I see this from, and just like A Course in Miracles, right? You know, it's like everything comes back to fear and love. Right now in the medical system, and again, I'm speaking from my experience. I don't want anybody to think I'm generalizing because there are some amazing souls out there doing what I believe genuinely is God's work, and there are angels out there, um, you know, nurses and doctors and whatever. But um, a, a lot of the time, we're coming from a fear based place, and we are literally putting fear into birthing women. And having conversations while they are in their birthing time, you know, about to meet their baby, borderline harassing and kind of like threatening them <laughs> into making certain kinds of decisions. And it's really scary, some of the things that I've witnessed. So if we can change, you know, the goal of what we want to do with the Spiritual Childbirth Education course is to come from that heart-centered place of love, come from that place where we're reframing what pregnancy birth and this postpartum period can look like so that we remove some of the fear that's instilled in us from things like watching movies and you know you hear all these horror stories and and you, you know you mentioned how moms you know we all like to talk about our experiences but you know sometimes we just should keep things you know to ourselves because we the, the amount of stories that i was told when i was pregnant horror stories that I had to like mentally work through. Um, it was devastating. It was devastating. And, you know, sometimes I think that if we just approach it from a heart centered place and we just reframe the whole big picture, that alone is enough to encourage and empower women so that they know that they're capable of doing this and they're capable of making their own decisions. All right. Now, I guess
1: I want to get a little bit more into how you've taken your experience to physically create a coaching business and, and help these women. I know you mentioned your partner and that you're creating a yeah. that's coming out in March, but when did you decide to take that leap of faith and be like, you know what, even though I have a job that I really like, I'm also going to create this so that I can help other women. What was your tipping point for that?
0: Well, I really love that you asked me using the words leap of faith because Steve Harvey is my man and he is, I don't know if you've ever seen this talk that he did um, in between one of his shows. Oh, it's my favorite. I know exactly where you're going with this. (laughs) Yes. And you know, he says you must leap like every successful person who has ever done anything like you have to jump, you have to leap, your gifts will make room for you. So it really just, I can't even remember a moment where I didn't know that this is really what was next. I just kept slowly every day doing what felt good to me because that was the only way I really knew how to get out of that weird funk that I was in. So I just kept taking small inspired action towards Whatever was feeling good, and before I knew it, I was doing some local meditations. I was having people requesting some just one-on-one time with me to to talk through some of these things. And um, you know, I guess if there was a moment, if there was if there was a time where I'm like, you know, I'm I'm totally going to do this, it was after or in the midst of of that time at Kripalu with Gabby and, and all of you guys. You know, it was me sitting there realizing that I have something that needs to be talked about. You know, I I experienced something that needs to be shared and I, I healed myself by stepping into my purpose where a lot of other people are really struggling with even just keeping their head above the water, you know? So I've really at that point felt selfish for being quiet about it. I'm sitting there thinking like, Becca, what are you doing? You have to share this with, with everybody else in the world. Like you have to talk about this. You have to share this. This is not common for people to just walk out of this stigma, postpartum anxiety and depression without a prescription or without, you know, some kind of whatever traumatic moment, you know, and it was just very clear to me then that I was going to make it something that I was going to integrate in everything that I did in, in 2019 and going forward.
1: I think that's really inspirational and very brave of you because not many people are willing to share their story. And you know, you're right when you are in the room filled with everybody and is sharing their stories and, you know, people are, I guess, for lack of a better word, brave enough to stand up and share their experiences. You begin to realize, including myself, I remember talking on the last day, like, I don't know what came over me, whether it was spirit or just my gut. I just raised my hand and I was like, you know what? Like, this is, even though I'm going through all of this, somebody needs to hear this. Because Mm -hmm. if I continue to keep this to myself, I'm doing nobody any favors. And that's a big part of why, you know, I started this podcast is because even though this is cathartic for me on some sort of level, I know that by sharing my story and by helping other people share theirs and having this platform, someone out there will benefit from it. And I can help people heal through this. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. You know, you keeping this, you know, journey with postpartum, you know, or, or depression or anxiety to yourself, what is that doing for you? What is that doing for others? It's not serving anybody. And you can help heal so many people by creating programs like this for
0: other mothers and women. Exactly. And there's something about, I, I really just have to say that whoever's listening does not know who Gabby Bernstein is. (laughs) do a google search real quick because i mean this woman just i don't know what it is in her that that helps to bring out the confidence in me and and the the spark within me but i never really knew i guess i never really knew how much her work was affecting me until i was coming back from from that class in october you know even when we were there i wasn't really grasping on to like How much I was changing, like I don't want to say changing, like from a a bad place to a good place or something, but just how much I was evolving in her presence and in the presence of all of the other women in the room. You know, I think we all did a lot of really good work that week, but I also, you know, that was also a time where again, I just got very clear, and that's what I'm trying to help other people do is just get very clear. On their divine purpose and to help them fill that potential. Because a lot of the times we don't even sit in stillness long enough <laughs> to let anything divine come through because we're so like caught up in the human part of things. We're like, well, I have to go to work. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to make dinner. I have to wash the clothes. I've, blah, blah, blah. you know, and it's like, okay, well, if none of that existed, what would you be doing? You know, if none of that was an obligation what would you be doing? How would you be serving other people? How would you be spending your time? And then we find a way to monetize that, you know, because I, I, and that's the other thing, Gabby, I think has helped a lot of us with, you know, we can be compensated for our, the great work that we're doing in the world. There's no reason why we shouldn't be. And um, I guess that was whenever I started to realize how much time I was spending with people talking about this, I was like, well, okay, maybe, maybe now it's time for me to really step into something that, that is more of a, I, I don't even want to use the word career because that sounds too rigid for me, but more of a, an income producer, you know, more of a way for me to not only serve people, but to also serve myself and my family in, in an exchange for that.
1: Yes. I think that online businesses and coaching is really taking off at this point because we are in a digital world And a lot of people don't realize that they can make money off of just the gifts that they've been given, even though they, I was just having this conversation with a cousin of mine and I was like, you know what? I can't, you know, I never knew what I was going to do after I left teaching. I was devastated that I had to leave that job. It was my career. It was something I saw myself doing forever. And as I've continued to heal, I've learned so much And I'm in talking with people, helping others. And I never realized that what I've been learning is something that I could actually make a business out of in the future. And I was telling him, I was like, you know, the things that are common sense to us are not so common for other people. And there are people out there that need this information. And so I look forward to the day that I can go into coaching and and help others with everything that I've learned. because common sense isn't so common or that i hate to say it like that too but the things that come naturally to us after what we've learned don't come naturally to some other people and in that regard you can monetize off of that you know there are plenty of people that i just talk to on a regular basis and they'll come back to me a week later a month later and they're like you know what you really opened my eyes for this or you really helped me with that And I'm looking at my husband, I'm like, damn, and I don't even charge people. (laughs) And and here we are getting these results. Like imagine the day where I really go all in and I'm really able to put full effort into into really helping people. So I think that you're exactly right. You know, you can not for, you know, your own personal greed monetize, but to help other people to put out a service. And I think that that's really what it's about.
0: Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And, um, it's funny because something that I say all the time to people is let the resources work for you. You know, why are you, and this is similar to what you and I were talking about before we started recording with, you know, whether it's a Shopify shop or it's, um, you know, I even say things like Walmart here and and some of these other, you know, we have things like Uber Eats and Uber pickup and, you know, whatever all this stuff is, you know, why would you not order if it doesn't cost anything extra, especially, right? Like let your resources work for you. If you can order all of your groceries and have them literally like delivered or, um, you drive up and have them put right in your car if you have three small kids. Like, who would not do that? And a lot of people just don't know about the efficiencies that we have in life. So whether it's business or life, like my message is going to be the same for everybody. You know, we have to. Like, your life is your business. So a lot of people are like, "Well, can I work with you if I don't necessarily want to start a business or I'm not even thinking like maybe maybe they're stay at home parent right now and. And I'm like, um, hello, who pays the bills, who handles the logistics of where your children have to go, who does all this other stuff, because that is a business in itself. So there are still efficiencies there that we can tap into. We can let the resources work for us a thousand percent of the time. But a lot of the time we think we have to do everything on our own. And, and that just never ends well. Like I joke about this all the time, but literally like you should see our house, like there was a time where my OCD, you know, that I claimed I had wouldn't let me do some of the things I did. But now, you know, I'd rather schedule time with you for important things like this, or I would rather schedule times with my clients and time to work on my website or work on an offer or whatever, than then finish folding the laundry. Like my priorities have changed so much. And, um, and it's just, I don't know, it's just like really cool to see, see how, how this has all come to play. And I don't know, it blows my mind every day, but at, at the end of it all, I I've made a decision to, to not, you know, we don't want to put our children in daycare. We want to be at home with them as much as possible. God bless my mother, who's an angel and is their, their daycare, you know, several days a week, whenever I choose to work. But, um, I agree, you know, if we tap into our gifts, we can all work, you know, our gifts will will make room for us. Right. So it's like, if if you're, whenever you're ready to step into that divine calling, then everything else I, I know will just kind of fall into place.
1: I think that in itself is a miracle. I was, I'm taking these classes at a local career center and I, I was sitting in one, I think it was a couple of weeks ago called personal branding and i knew that this question was a trick question that he had asked us and he was like um do you have a personal brand now i mean i would have technically just said yes anyway because i have mrs motivation and i have this podcast so i consider it a personal brand i raised my hand i was the only person to raise my hand to this question and i looked around the room and i'm like these people don't even know their gifts and the teacher said you know like no we are all our own personal brand whether or not you're in fitness or you're in motivation or you're in safety training you're an accountant you are your own personal brand you know and and a lot of people don't realize that the skills and gifts that they've been given are something that people know them for whether it's just like the scent of your cologne, if you wear the same scent every single day, that's part of your personal brand. if you eat healthy every single day and you share that online, that's part of your personal brand. People need to acknowledge that even though even though these things are small, they're big to somebody else and you know I think I read a quote this morning. It's like, "You inspire people who pretend to not even see you. Trust me then Wow. And I'm like, you know, there are people that you're like, oh, well, I wish this person would acknowledge what I'm doing or this person, you know, I wish that they weren't so shady towards me or whatever the case may be. But you're inspiring people on a level that you might not even realize. So you have to continue to share your gifts with others because even though they're not acknowledging you, they are seeing you and they are taking in what you're giving out. And You know, sometimes you don't need that validation. I think that's like a big thing that we all think like, oh, we need acceptance. We need validation from others to make ourselves feel whole or to make ourselves feel worthy. And that's not the case. We're inspiring people that pretend not to see us at all, all the time. So, you know, acknowledging that you are a personal brand, acknowledging that you have these gifts and acknowledging that you're helping people even though they're not telling you, I think is a true gift that you know should be shared with others and and should be realized
0: that is so true and i know that's one thing that i early on struggled with as i was becoming a mom for the first time was just that validation you know i felt like such an outcast with a lot of the decisions that that we chose to make just having our children and and you know just whatever i, I mean there's a lot of judgment in the world around parenting and who's right and who's wrong and and whatever, but whether it's parenting, whether it's you and your business, you and your life in general, I think it's so true. Like if, if you're so in alignment with your divine mission here and so in alignment with who you are, you don't care about finding that validation anymore. You know, you just, you just know that you're here waking up every day, doing God's work. And that's all that matters to you. So I found myself go through this huge shift, this like quantum paradigm shift, whatever you want to call it, going from feeling really cast out and left out and insecure over different things that I was choosing to do um, in my life, and and to now just knowing that I'm working for God every single day. And if you don't understand that, like I I don't really know what else to do, but I know that I am influencing the people who need influenced. I'm inspiring the people that need inspired. I'm saying things for a reason. Like I no longer feel alone. So even if I'm not getting like constant feedback, good or bad, I'm just very confident that the people who do resonate with my message are hearing me. And I, I just feel really good about, about my decisions now. And it's funny that you're saying this too, because you know that's really part of my mission is just encouraging people to acknowledge their gifts that that they even have a gift because you know you work so long 9 to 5 somewhere that a lot of us just don't get appreciated anymore. So the running joke now is if you hang out with Becca for a week, you're like leaving your job and starting your own business, or you're like really starting to live your life because these women, you know, that I'm working with are realizing that, Hey, I can do this same thing that I'm doing nine to five for X amount of money on my own, on my own terms. And Charge what I want to charge a a dollar amount that feels really in alignment with the value I'm actually providing, you know, because I am my own brand. You know, whether you work for a Fortune 500 company and you're one of, you know, 500,000 employees or whatever, you know, if you're in a service based type of situation, they are coming to you because you're you. Like they're not coming to you because you work for XYZ company, they're coming to you because they like your service and that's really what i found when i decided to leave that company that safety company i told you about at the beginning of our conversation i was like wow you know i'm doing an awful lot of work for not a ton of money and wouldn't it be nice if i just could not wake up to an alarm clock and work when i wanted to and do what i wanted to so i did and i virtually wasn't affected at all in the, in that transition because I knew that people were going to continue coming to me and I knew that I was going to gain customer service, not based on my affiliation with that company, but because of my own personal brand and the way that I conducted myself. So I think that's a great message, you know, talking about things like what cologne you're wearing or people know you for like the car you drive or your laugh or, you know, your what bag you carry. And I'm not saying like designer type stuff, but some people just have like it's their character right like it's 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 like a character on tv like when you think about somebody they have distinct features and and that's part of your brand we all have that so that's awesome
1: yeah i definitely agree to that so tell me a little bit about some of the services that
0: you offer so right now um i'm offering and i'm i'm building my business right around a a new mom and what i wish that i had so like new family dynamics. So what I'm doing right now is a 30 day, a 60 day or a 14 day um, program as far as for my, my one-on-one coaching and really the, the 30 day or 60 day we can make up it. We have so many hours together one-on-one. We have some different like workbooks that I kind of like pre-created for us to work through and, and really use our time efficiently And they're just really good ways for us to get things done, um, get through things and get things done efficiently. That's something that I've always been really good at my time management and just really prioritizing. And I see that's where a lot of us lack when we're trying to really get some kind of result. So um, there are a lot of people out there doing, you know, week long retreats, long weekend retreats, 12 month programs, 18 month programs. As a new mom, like there's no way I could ever it it wasn't even ever about the money as much as the time investment. So I'm here doing things maybe a little differently, but I want to do, you know, something that can be a little more feasible and easier to commit to. So um if a 30-day program sounds good for you, that's usually where I recommend starting. But I also have a, a 60-day program that's more of what I'm calling an up-level program. So maybe you are already in business and need to like refinish some things, move things around, or maybe you already have a project started that, you know, we just need a little bit longer to kind of like work through some of the kinks and then really execute. That would be for you. But then the 14 day intensive is really how I work. And this is really how I personally get things done. I choose a project and I put my head down and get to work for at least two weeks straight doing like (laughs) virtually nothing else. Right. And I'm just using every spare minute to bust through whatever it is that I want to get done. So a 14 day intensive would be, you know, several hours a day together with me broken up over the day if we needed to based on kids and life and stuff like that. But um, everything that I'm doing is really driving around you know, getting straight down to business, busting through whatever blocks or issues there are and giving you a game plan. So, um, that's, what's available for coaching. And I do free consultations and I have what I call a purpose review, which is, um, you know, an hour long session where we just really like try to hone in on what that purpose is of whatever project you're doing in your life or your business. Just, Taking another look at it you know and and that's usually a good starting place too if, if you're not sure what exactly what program would be a best fit for you
1: now are you just helping new moms or are you open to helping a wide variety of people
0: I am open to anybody who likes my style I'll put it that way so you know there are times that I can be a little rough around the edges and blunt and very just like too like down to business um, But I think that that's sometimes what we need. (laughs) You know, I I really just like to respect people's time. I really like to obviously respect and use my time wisely. So if you are paying me for a service, you can guarantee that I'm going to do everything that I can for you and our time together. And it's not going to include a lot of BS. You know, it's not going to include a lot of small talk. It's just going to be very... Very much like, where are you? Where do you want to be? And how do we get you there? And for all of my programs, you also leave with a six-month map. So although the programs are short in nature, as far as our our one-to-one time together, we will actually map out a strategy for you for the next six months that can be a framework for you to work through alone. And then, of course, I'll always be available, you know, if, if something does come up after that. Right. So it's almost like you're working
1: together for either a month or two and you're not just dumping them into like, okay, now go do it yourself. You're giving them this roadmap of how to find success after they've been able to coach with you.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you've probably been through some different programs. I know I'm a personal development, like crazy person. Yeah. I mean, I invest a lot of money in myself in a year and, and it's because I believe in myself and where I'm going. And although I love everything I've been through, there's a lot of information and, and I sometimes feel like very inundated with information, but when it comes to the strategy and the, okay, well now what? Like (laughs) I watched all the videos, I completed the workbook, you know, I, whatever i i contacted all the resources that you gave me but like now what you know sometimes you just need a sounding board or you need a um you know you need another set of eyes to be like well here's kind of what i'm seeing you could either do this this and this or you can do this this and this and then how do we actually do it not just watch the videos and absorb it and then you know a lot of us just kind of like sit on the video so we don't take any action These plans, these programs are going to be action every step of the way. They're, um, as far as right now, there are no videos. It's time with me. You know, it's time one-on-one where there's strategy sessions, really. Yeah,
1: I think that the programs that I've signed up for, um, the digital ones, they've just sat kind of on the back burner. And and they're like, oh, well, eventually I'll get through it because it seems like such a a big task to take on. And it's like, it's it takes up a lot of time as well. And you're like, oh, I'll get to that eventually. And then you never really do. And I think that when you invest in something and you have to show up at a certain time, you're more likely to find success with that type of program.
0: Right. And don't get me wrong. There are I can't even think of any off the top of my head that I'm like regretting that I've done because there's amazing information in them and I've learned so much. But if I weren't, I'm not sure how much you know about human design, but if I weren't a manifesting generator who just like loves to like take the, the inspiration that I'm getting and actually executing with it and putting it to work, like, I don't know what I do because on days where I'm very out of whack, yeah, I could just binge those videos (laughs) forever, but then I never feel like lifting a finger. So, you know, a lot of times whenever I am talking with a new client or we're really trying to figure out in their purpose review, like, where are you actually right now? Like, what are you, don't tell me what you want to be doing. Like, tell me where you actually are. And then we're going to find out how to actually get you there. Not just, you know, I don't just want to inundate people with information and leave them hanging. I really want to be there like, Hey, let's do this. Did you do that? (laughs) Let's do this next. Did you finish that? Did you do this next? And really, so by the, by the end of the 30 days or 60 days or whatever, we, we have made some changes and, and big steps, you know, big leaps in towards the direction of, of your end goal.
1: Right. Now I know that you usually Coach people through this, but what would be your best general advice for people who want to take a leap of faith into something or reinvent themselves?
0: I would say that the best advice now that I would give is to listen to your body. And I know this might be kind of weird or sound unrelated, but that was really what I had to start doing. I, I really honestly believe that our bodies are these obviously our, our vessels here, right? But there, there are indicators. There are like like a metal detector, right? You know, when we get closer and closer to something that we like, we feel really good. And we feel really good all the time that when we get closer and closer to things that aren't so good, we start to get anxious. We start to be, you know, we're sick a lot, or we're stressed a lot, or we can't sleep, you know, and all these things. So you know, I really have been tuning into what my body is telling me. And then obviously the spiritual component and, you know, kind of pulling the divine in here and there, but it's been my body because I mean, I can't tell you the last time that I've had like a really bad minute, I guess, with anxiety or anything coming from, You know, in August and September, I was having panic attacks like every other day because I was just so out of alignment. So when I realized what a tool my body was in, in more than just like being this body that I walk around in all day, um, I've really started to see like huge change in my life. So I would have to say that you have to sit in stillness and listen to your body, like notice what it's telling you. Yeah, it's the power of
1: meditation, which I Mm -hmm. just recently have stepped into um as recent as like last september people tell you you know meditate you know do this do that but you know i was i was telling myself like i am meditating and i would just like sit in stillness for like a minute or two and then i would like my anxiety would take over and be like okay that's enough time like i'm good (laughs) it's telling me i'm anxious but you know there's so much more to meditation than just to be still or quiet for just like a minute or two. I think that it's a huge tool that a lot of people don't utilize so much and really should be because it really, you know, I think a large part of what people say is like, you know, try to get all of the thoughts out of your mind. Well, that takes like 30 years of meditation practice. That is not easy. And you need to take kind of, um, I guess like a registry of like what the thoughts are that are going through your mind because those are the things that are coming up for you. You need to take note of those things. And some of those things are really important thoughts like, okay, my body is hurting today or this situation is making me feel really stressed out or this person is really hurting me. Those are things that affect us on so many different levels that if you just sat in your meditation, you'd be able to work out not easily, but um, definitely more fluidly and in a more productive way. You'd be able to kind of take into account what is bothering you and realize that there are certain things that you can do things about and then there are others that you can't and that's just part of life. And I think that sitting in your stillness is a really effective way to work through your issues or problems that you're having.
0: Oh, absolutely. And what I always remind people of is, you know, I, I started practicing TM, Transcendental Meditation, last year. And and my teacher, who has been practicing for, you know, 30 or 40 years, he still has thoughts, you know, and that's, that's normal. For as long as we're human, we're going to. It's just, um, depending on the method of teaching and things like that, really, whenever I think meditation, you know, it, it's just that, kind of like dropping in for a minute and noticing what's going on. So even if you think you don't have time to meditate, you know, when you're driving, take a deep breath and really just like feel your body for a minute and and get out of your head or when you're running from meeting to meeting or running from here to there and, and doing things like just stop for a minute and feel your feet on the ground and, and, and take note of your, your, your heart rate, you know, or like what's going through your head? Are you nervous about where you're going or are you feeling anxious? Are, are you having, stepping into a panic attack? You know, um, just, just kind of noticing the body more, just noticing the body and, and listening to the body and then starting to connect the dots between what your body's telling you and where you're at or who you're around or what you're doing or what you're not doing and just really starting to to design your life in a way that you're only doing the things that makes your body feel good. So kind of remove you from the situation and and look at it like so how can I make my body feel good today? I probably shouldn't talk to these people or I probably should eat these things or I probably should sleep a little longer <laughs> or drink a little more water. It's usually very simple things but Again, you know, our anxiety can get in the way and be like, oh, you're not meditating today, or there's no time to drink that water, (laughs) you know, and, and there we are, we're just self-sabotaging, but, um, it's hard and it's a, it's a discipline and a practice that you just have to prioritize. You know, it goes back to that again, is that prioritizing your time in a way that you're doing what you're telling your time to do, not running around like a crazy person for everybody else. And, you know, not to favor the moms here, but as mothers, that's the, that's something that we get caught up in a lot. You know, it's like, there are hours that go by that I can't even go to the bathroom because I keep one thing after another is coming up with the kids, you know, (laughs) it's like, I just have to pee. Like, can I just go? (laughs) Can I get a drink? Like you guys have eaten 10 times and bathed and played and all these other things. And I would just like some water. Um, So it's just reprioritizing. And maybe it's not two toddlers that you have, but it's, you know, a boss and employees and family members and all of these other people who are, in my opinion, this is how serious I am about it, who are robbing you of your time. That's how I see it. You know, they're they're taking your time away from you, and we only have so much time here. So we have to redeem it in a way that is best serving not only us but those who are around us. Right.
1: Time is definitely a bigger currency than money. In my in absolutely. My opinion. So, what would you say
0: um, drives you? Like, what's your why? Really, right now. It's kind of, I can't even really find words for it, but I just feel such an obligation. I I feel such an obligation to do this. So I'm writing a book this year, and I'll have to tell you more about it later when I have more details, but I'm pretty sure one chapter is going to be all about what I refer to as our divine duty. And and that's really how I feel right now. Like, I, I feel like if I'm not doing this, then i'm like letting god down literally that's how i feel so it's not it's not a good feeling and you know I've, i i want to say too that i've never been an extremely religious and spiritual person you know i was raised catholic and was introduced to the church and all of this stuff but my connection to source and to the universe and to god and the angels and blah 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 has never been so strong as it is now but my Where does my drive come from? I mean, it's this like innate spiritual connection that I feel like is just holding me up. And when I'm not doing this work, I feel like I'm literally like drowning and I just feel so heavy. So, again, you know, looking back to how my body's feeling, I feel so light and so full of purpose and so fulfilled anytime I'm talking about or doing any work related to this. So, it's just really my my drive to fulfill this divine duty that i believe i was given i guess i'm very curious Mm -hmm.
1: as how you juggle both jobs because i i think a lot of people would just assume like okay well now that she's coaching she's gonna quit her health and safety training and because she also has kids and a husband and a home to take care of how is it that you juggle both of these
0: things you know, a lot of people hate when I say this, but it's really easy. <laughs> and, and you know, some of my close girlfriends are like, Becca, just tell us the truth. Like, you can tell us the truth. It's fine. But no, it's, it is so much easier. You know, my life is so much... And I'm not saying that I'm like a fairy floating on clouds every day. Okay? Like, ask my husband. I, I still get stressed, you know, (laughs) here and there, and I still get anxious with the kids and I still have my moments, you know, I'm human, but my life is so much easier to me now than it was like, even look, thinking back to like when it was just my husband and I working 60 to 80 hour weeks, you know? So what it comes down to honestly is I've removed a lot from my life that wasn't serving me. And I only let in what I know is serving me and, and this purpose. So to some people that might look a certain way, but everything that I'm doing, right? Like nothing is getting in the way of this. So does that mean that I forgo, you know, dinner and drinks with people on the weekend? Yeah. You know, does that mean that I wake up at four or five in the morning a lot of the time? Yeah, does that mean that I work 16, 18-hour days sometimes so I can only work two days a week? Yeah. But it's me telling my time where to go. Like nobody else is in the way of of me, my family and my purpose right now. And I can say that with with certainty. You know, I'm I'm not doing what my boss wants me to do or what you know, my family wants me to do as far as like my external family, I guess you can say. I'm not feeling obligated to do things for anybody anymore. I've just gotten very clear. And, and that's what I want to be able to do for people in these programs. Like, how are, how are you spending your day? That's one of my questions. How are you currently spending your days right now? Like, give me your week outline. And then right. we just go and cross a bunch of shit out. I'm like, why are you doing this? Is this serving your purpose? Is this serving your purpose? And some people don't like to hear that. Um, now, for me, you know, th- this is where I'm at and this is what I'm doing. And I still have, a, you know, I have some of the best friends that I've ever had right now. Um, you know, because people are like, well, do you have any friends then? Do you do anything that's fun? And I'm like, well, everything I do every day is fun because I wake up every day and I'm like so excited to like talk to you and <laughs> to work on my book and to do this stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's just, um, I I still very much enjoy my safety training business. I actually partnered with somebody else this year. So we like have another entity that we're pushing with some different goals. Um, So, you know, that can, you could actually say that that's a third business and, you know, multiple legs of balanced wellness boutique, which is the store, the coaching and the spiritual childbirth education. So it's, um, it's a, a beautiful chaos as I like to call it, but it's, it's all me. You know, I have nobody to blame for my failure or my success other than me right now, you know. So I'm gonna succeed, basically. That's <laughs> what it comes down to. Yeah. And I'm gonna have fun while I'm doing it. <laughs> I think that's a really positive
1: outlook to have. And one of my other questions, and I think you kind of answered some of this already, was you know what are some of your daily habits and routines that help you to succeed? And it sounds like meditation is part of that. Saying no to people um, when you need to, prioritizing your time, and also surrounding yourself with uplifting people. Now, did I
0: miss some other things that that maybe help you to succeed? Those are the big ones. I, I just I cannot say enough to to anyone who's listening about. The, the whole time thing, you know you saying that time is a more valuable currency than money, we need to not only hear that but live that because that is so true. So you know, if you're feeling like at the end of the day, you don't even have time left over for what you really enjoy, we we need to do something about that, you know, because I have been there, and I used to feel that way, but time is a big thing. So, for me, it's, um, it's very important that I'm only doing what I enjoy. Yeah. How would you define success? I think it just goes back to the body again. You know, if I'm feeling good, then I know it's a good day and I'm on the right path and, and I consider myself successful. Because one thing I've also had to get over is thinking like, well, I'll be successful when, or I'll be happier if, and that's just not true you know we we really need to be in the present we need to be in the now and i could say forever like i'll consider myself successful when i'm a multimillionaire but like does that really matter if i can help five people today you know or one person today or one person for 30 minutes today you know so if my body's feeling good if i'm if i'm i'm feeling good in the body then i would say it's a successful day
1: that's beautiful. That's a different answer than I've ever heard. And I really, enjoy yeah. it. I do. I do. enjoy because <laughs> Some people are saying money, some people say happiness, but I really like how you've been able to use your body as a vehicle to determine your personal level of joy or success or, you know, progress.
0: I think that comes from the whole becoming a mom thing, because like my body is a lot different than it was when I was 20, you know, but I have so much more respect for my body now than I ever have in my life because of of everything it's been able to do. You know, it's it's truly a miracle what a woman's body can do. And we don't talk about that enough. So um, I honor it now and I pay attention and it has not steered me wrong yet. (laughs) It's a beautiful thing to listen to your gut, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: What do you see yourself doing in the future?
0: I mean, this year. This year is my year for for the whole postpartum deal. So, depending on how far out in the future we're talking, I like to take things day by day, really. But um, I want to make this a national conversation. I would say international conversation. But the funny thing is, is <laughs> the United States is really uh, the only, not the only one doing it wrong, <laughs> but a lot of other places outside of the United States. Do not have the problems that I'm talking about. So, um, I just want I want to get this on a bigger scale, and I want people um, aware of the control that we have over our lives, and that that pregnancy, birth, and postpartum are all real things and can be traumatic in their own way, and that we need to support one another. Through this, you know, not just by bringing meals over after the baby comes or helping with changing diapers, which are all great things that (laughs) that we appreciate, you know, but also looking and not just acknowledging, but diving deep into the mental, emotional and spiritual um, evolution, you know, transformation that we have through this. So um, until I get a, a ping from god you know in a meditation or whenever one day to switch directions this is this is where i'm going to be at for a little bit i think
1: i think where you're at is is a great place and you're helping a lot of different women and i think that you're only going to find more and more success from here i really truly believe that but i guess my last question um would be what would you tell your younger self what's some advice that you would give you know to you 10 years ago
0: 20 years ago. Wow this is a good one. Honestly, it goes, it's going to go back to the body. I was not good to myself at all, really, you know, whether it was my, I mean, I used to smoke and drink a lot. And, you know, I, I I talk about these things now openly, because we don't talk about our mistakes enough, right? We all have our vices, we all have our issues. But I used to do a lot of things that I hope my kids never find out about, I'll put it that way. (laughs) But um, I would probably talk to myself about, about honoring my body, listening to my body. Because again, I think if we begin to do that, then we start to see our outer reality and, and all of the other things change. You know, I had a lot of stress. I had a lot of issues with, seeking um, validation and putting up with things that I probably shouldn't have or, you know, stuff like that. And I think it also helps us to turn in and realize that the material stuff just really doesn't matter. So I think that by listening to the body, we can resolve a lot of whatever it is that we're going through. I think that's beautiful advice.
1: And I hope that a lot of people can learn from the things that you've been able to share with me today. And I really appreciate you coming on to the show and sharing your story and your experience and your wisdom. And, and I really hope that, you know, a lot of mothers will hear this and reach out to you for whatever their needs may be.
0: I hope so. I'm available. I'm here. And, and I just want people to know that, that there's a resource. And if you have no idea who to call or where to go, that I'm, always available and will help to get you where you're going.
1: Yeah. So where can people follow you and reach out to you at?
0: So I really like Instagram and you can find me at the Becca White, T-H-E-B-E-C-C-A-W-H-I-T-E, or my website, which is purposeandpotential.org. Um, and between those two, you're able to find out basically everything that I have going on. So perfect.
1: I really, again, thank you so much for coming on today and hopefully that we'll hear from you in the future too. You know, maybe we can do like an updated episode and continue to share the things that you're doing and, and we can,
0: you know, follow your journey. That sounds amazing. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Yes. All right. Thank you so much for listening. If you know someone that has a story that I should hear, please reach out to me at ChrissyClemente at gmail.com. Don't forget to hit subscribe for future episodes. And I'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Bye. Bye.